0: This is the Rotovire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here is your host, John Helpin. Hey
1: everybody, it's John Halpin Welcome to the Friday, July twenty seventh episode of the Rotovire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Draft.com. Um, my Rotovire colleague Jim Coventry is back with me today. Camp has started in in mo- all places, Jim? Most places? Most places, at least. Mo-
2: well, actually, as of right this minute, probably all because there were some Friday start times, so they'd be on the field. So, yeah, let's say everybody's in it right now.
1: Yeah. Um, the biggest news I saw from yesterday, Sammy Watkins got a haircut. He did. All business, he said. All business. There you go. Jump up, bump up that ADP by round, everybody. Sammy Watkins got a haircut. The hype train is out of control. So we were talking about him last time because you were all over the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yes. um, Yeah, I'm very still very excited about them. I still think their defense is going to be horrible. They're going to have to throw all day. Plenty of targets to go around. And with the gunslinger Mahomes. Yeah, I think Watkins and Tyreek are going to be very busy. And I think it might be at Kelsey's expense a little bit. And as you pointed out, part of that is because
1: of the terrible Chiefs defense, which we've talked about a few times with other people as well. Um, folks, check us out on Twitter. Jim's at JimCovFootball, Football. I'm at jhelpin37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Get player updates at RotowireNFL or find us on Facebook. Okay, here's what we're going to do today. Um, we were, as I've, I tell you, sometimes I do show prep, you know, usually the night before or the morning of, and, you know, I go back and forth with uh, the person who's on with me. And Jim's always good about suggesting topics and players to talk about. So what we're going to do, we're, we kind of went through the ADP lists, or he did. He's got, let's say, 10 players that he sent me that he wanted to talk about as far as you know what their value is, and uh, I've got a few at the end. I, it, for time purposes, we might not get to all of them, but we're going to start going through them and, and chat about just, you know, they're kind of random um, based on guys that Jim finds interesting, guys that I find interesting. The first one we're going to talk about, um, the ADPs we're going to use, I'm going to compare... Um, I'm going to go back and forth between Fantasy Football Calculator and um, MFLs, which I use a lot. Um, Alex Collins is the first one. His ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator is end of the third round. His ADP on MFL is in the fifth round. He's at number 55. Um, I I like Alex Collins. I think... I don't know if I got him in a mock or if I got him in Scott Fishbowl or what, but um, I, I, he was one of those guys. He passed the eye
2: test for me last year. It took me a while to catch up on him. I, because when he came to the Ravens last year, I'm thinking, well, the Seahawks cut him and the Seahawks, they need running backs. So it didn't make sense. And then Baltimore signs him and didn't move the needle. And I'm not thinking to myself, Ozzie Noosa really knows his football evaluation. (laughs) And, As Collins is playing there, after the bye week, they actually started throwing in the ball quite a bit. He had multiple catches in each of his last seven games, and he didn't profile as a receiver, and he did pretty well. But then he's facing stacked boxes, and I'm seeing, you know, he's doing pretty well. Not every week he's four yards a carry because he's facing the stacked boxes, but he's still effective. And he's a great goal line runner, and I don't see Kenneth Dixon's never on the field. I know he's in camp this year, and so, yeah. Alex Collins, that team's going to run the ball heavy and they're going to play defense. So I'm all in as my third running back or my second running back if I go receiver early in a draft.
1: All right. You know, that, that ADP on MFL is a lot friendlier, too. If you can it get sure that is. guy in the, you know, the, the fifth round somewhere, end of the fifth round, I don't think you're going to.
2: Fourth round, you can get him in the fourth. I have gotten him in the fourth round of a draft. You have gotten him in the fourth round? Yeah, that'll work. Um, it, it does, because at that point I took him as my third running back because I believe I can get receivers later. And having that as my third running back or a flex, other people are going to be scrambling for running backs, and I feel pretty good because even if I get an injury, I can slide him into a starting spot. All
1: right, yeah,
2: and um, Kenneth Dixon's hurt already, isn't he? I, I didn't hear that yet, but that wouldn't surprise me, and that might just be a preemptive call, But 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 he's never on the field for whatever reason, whether he's in trouble or he's hurt. Let me he's see. He's not gonna take work from Collins. I'm gonna take the a look at his. All right, he didn't,
1: he he's he's not <laughs> practicing today. He left Thursday's practice after tweaking a hamstring. I'm not trying to make fun <laughs> of Kenneth Dixon, but that is what I wasn't I wasn't making I wasn't making it up either. Wow. <laughs> that didn't take long. No, it really didn't. All right. Um next guy you wanted to talk about is Amari Cooper. I think I've, I've talked about him with a couple other people. So MFL, he's at uh he's late third. A uh, fantasy football calculator, he's early fourth. He's third pick of the fourth round. Um, and I've asked this before with other people, and I don't know if I, we talked about it when we talked last month, but is is this the breakout or have we seen what we're going to get and and maybe the production is just, you know, the first two years. Product, it's not bad. It's just maybe not we, what we were hoping
2: for. Yeah, the first two years were really good. And then what happened last year is I think the league figured him out. Now he said he was nicked up a little bit, but it even goes back to his early career. He struggled with press coverage. And so basically he's had his big games when he's had huge amount of snaps in the slot, that Kansas city game where he went absolutely bananas. He was playing the slot almost the whole game. John Gruden's probably not going to take his best receiver and line him up as a primary slot guy. That just, doesn't seem to profile like anything Gruden would do and I'm very con- concerned that Cooper will not function well as an outside receiver so I am now cuz earlier I was thinking maybe Gruden's good for him but I don't think the first two years are indicative of what we're getting for Cooper I think last year is closer to what we'll get Ooh. so I'm off him right now Ooh. last year 48 catches for 680 and seven touchdowns Ugh. And he won't be quite that low, but, I, but I, don't see that, I don't see him back those first two years because, again, I think that whole thing about struggling with press coverage, that's an issue for him. All right. That's a bummer. What do you, what do you think of this – quick
1: aside, non-fantasy. What do you think of this story about how everybody very, seems very surprised that John Gruden and Khalil Mack have not talked since Gruden got the job?
2: <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. I I, boy, can I say no comment? I just don't know what to make of it. It seems it just see, and I know he's
1: unsigned, so maybe there's procedures. And I I actually saw that pointed out by a couple of people saying, you know, well, he's technically he's not signed, so you know, they communicate through the agent and the GM or whoever. But it just seemed a little strange. That's all.
2: And for a guy who's always been considered a player's coach, of course, a decade or so ago, but you'd think he would be a guy that would talk to his players more. But yeah. like you said, maybe it's something that it's a business. Maybe it's business right now.
1: And, and just folks, who just bringing it up, it doesn't mean I think the headline, you know, I'm shocked or horrified or think John Gruden's terrible or anything like that. I just thought it was an interesting note. It just seemed you, you'd look at that and you go, huh, that's, it seems weird. All right, um, Demarius Thomas is next. So he's end of the th- – actually, end of the 4th. On Fantasy Football Calculator. End of the fifth on MFL. He gets a new quarterback. Last year, that that quarterback situation was uh, was not good. And there's an upgrade this year. Now, now, the upgrade, it's an interesting upgrade because I don't, you know, and, and you tell me what you think of this statement. I don't think we know who Case Keenum is right now. I don't know what I'm going to get i found the Broncos out of Case Keenum. He's, last year showed he's better than I thought, but I don't know if he's as good as he was last year. Last year, Mary's Thomas, look, the targets were still healthy. He had 140 targets, 83 catches, but, but you know, the yards per catch were down. He was under 1,000 yards. Um, what do you think Case Keenum's presence is
2: going to do for him? First of all, i love your intro on that. We don't know what Case Keenum is, but we know he's not Trevor Simeon, and we know he's hmm. not Paxton Lynch. Right. How about that? That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> and... So Demarius, two years, he's had awful quarterback play, and he's averaging 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. He mm-hmm. actually scored five touchdowns in each year. Um, so he produced with nothing at quarterback. I mean, everybody was disappointed with the 1,000 yards because it wasn't the 1,300 he used to get. But now if we're paying fourth or fifth round prices on him, and that's, I guess his floor, because he's still only 30 years old. He's certainly not over the hill yet. And Keenum is certainly better than the quarterbacks that he had. And the one thing I will say about Keenum is he does have a strong arm, and he's never been afraid to throw the ball, even when he wasn't good. And this is kind of what Demarius Thomas needs. He's a bigger target, good catch radius. He'll get himself open in the short part of the field. He's not the vertical threat he used to be, but he still could take a pass and run through people. So, yeah, I think at that cost in the draft, if you know you're getting over 1,000 yards and five touchdowns with upside for more, those are that's
1: very valuable there. It's solid. I agree. And the five touchdowns you would think is going to go up. I would hope. Based on the quarterback talent. So, yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, again, those, those draft spots, fifth round especially, that's a nice spot for him. Um, all right, next up for you, this was an interesting one for me. I'm going to tell you why. Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he is at 57 overall, which is late in the fifth round at MFL. He is middle of the fifth round. Fantasy Football Calculator 5.05. So similar spots. He's, he's boring, right, from a fantasy yes. standpoint. Oh, yes, he's boring. He's boring. He, his quarterback situation could fluctuate. Look, last three years... 100, 900, and 709 receptions. Um, you know, the is not big because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's working work the seams in the middle and all that stuff. Um, but is this, is this similar to Demarius Thomas for you where, where there's going to be sort of the floor is
2: nice and high for where he's being drafted? Yes. And, and something that's daily fantasy, I just learned this year, and it clicked in. The cash game plays in daily fantasy, the high floor guys. I'm starting to use that concept in these middling rounds to dev- to build some of my fantasy teams. Instead of getting these guys with this wild upside but crazy downside, getting a Larry Fitzgerald or Demarius Thomas in that 5th or 6th round, 4th, 5th or 6th round. They're good, like you said. High floor plays. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Fitzgerald is, last year we talked, and I had noticed the previous two seasons, he had fallen off toward the end of the season. Last year, he didn't. He has completely reinvented himself late in his career. He knows exactly what he is. He's just going to run out of the slot now. Yep. His route running is impeccable. His hands are unparalleled. Mm -hmm and he can shield off defenders, and defenses cannot put their best cornerbacks in the slot all day. They don't do that. And so, yes, three straight 1,000-yard and six-plus touchdown seasons, make it a fourth. And with the new quarterback, potentially, either it's Bradford or Rosen, he's going to continue to be force-fed targets because he presents himself as an open target. So, yeah, dial up another season of it. Okay, so what do you – if, if you're a Fitz owner,
1: what do you want to see happen to quarterback? I would think for a floor play, a high floor play like Fitz, if you own Fitz, you would probably look at that and go, you know what? With Sam Bradford, I know what I'm getting. And he'll probably use Fitz a lot. That that would be the safer play for a Fitz owner, right? I would say. But I wouldn't back off a of Rosen either. And I like Rosen. Don't get me wrong. It's just... Go, go ahead. I'll let you finish.
2: As a younger quarterback, if you have an elite option open in the short area of the field before the pass rush gets there, it's going to feel really comfortable. In years ago, teams have put their weaker receivers in the slot, and to a degree a lot of them still do, but many don't. And when your weaker receivers are there, it wasn't an inviting target, and so a lot of the quarterbacks would scramble first. But as a rookie, knowing Fitz is there – yeah, I think that's going to be his safety valve. Okay. Because it's his best player.
1: Yeah. Um, and David Johnson's return, that probably doesn't affect that Fitz too much. No. I mean, you know, he, he did – you know, he put up the numbers the year before when Johnson dominated, so all good.
2: I, I mean, and Fitz is by far their best receiver. Everybody's gone. Jerron Brown's gone. John Brown's gone. And so it, it's like Fitz's show. The other guys around him are all breaking in. And, and, and I think he could even – Go as high as 120 catches this year, which is about 10 higher than he's used to getting. Do Do you have a bead on what
1: you think Mike McCoy being there instead of let's say Arians, you know, running the offensive show is going
2: how how that could change things? Well, yeah, Mike McCoy's always loved the short passing game, okay. and I think that plays in the Fitz's wheelhouse, obviously yeah, as well. And, and so he's all about the safe passes, um, taking occasional shots, but he's not a big deep shot play caller. So it's really the sweet spot for Fitzgerald. The coaching couldn't have been better. Whereas Arians wanted to send the ball downfield, and Fitz still got his 105 or so catches. But McCoy is actually a better fit for what Fitzgerald Fitzgerald does.
1: Okay, you know, it's funny. I wanted to get back to one thing that you said. You you talked about the DFS high floor guys in the middle rounds. Yesterday's episode, July 26th, Michael Rathburn, who's a DFS guy, more than, more than anything, I mean, Mike's a well-rounded fantasy player, but DFS is sort of his wheelhouse, and he's really good at it. And he said he likes the high-floor guys early. Like, he, he was saying he takes his shots in the middle rounds and uses the high-floor guys early. He said, basically said, you know, I, I guess this, the, the idea was, he didn't say this, this is my words, you don't want to lose it in the first three or four. You want to, you know, get the high floor and, and don't, don't shoot for a risk and then take the shots in the middle, but it's interesting. To listen to this sort of contrasting opinions with DF, you know, with you bringing up DFS and Mike. I know being a DFS guy, so um, maybe right.
2: they're not that much different though. Because if we're talking about the first three rounds, yeah, we have mostly safe guys there anyway, and so maybe he's talking in terms of all right. So there's Odell Beckham and there's. Antonio Brown and I know they're both high first round guys but in that case you're going to go Brown every time because you want the higher floor whereas Beckham so I mean I get what he's saying I think he's saying when you have two similarly placed guys Mike Evans and A.J. Green you take the A.J. Green in the early round even though Evans has 15 touchdown upside so I think I agree with him as well because I think am I and not putting words in his mouth I didn't hear his entire podcast I heard the first few minutes and that was it but maybe that's what he means there Okay. Does that sound like it was what yeah, he was talking
1: about? It might about? be, yeah. He,
2: he, I, that's what, that is what he was saying about the early rounds. I agree. Um, so I think both of them make sense, and they kind of work together. The high floor is really good when you have good players.
1: Okay. And I, I have to listen back to see who he was referencing when he was talking about that. Um, next guy you want to talk about is Corey Davis. Uh, the, the the difference between these ADPs is interesting. Corey Davis is number 50 in MFL, but he's end of the sixth round of Fantasy Football Calculator. Um, do you so last year Corey Davis? I, I joked around last year on this podcast because we did four podcasts a week, and every week I'd go, "This is it, this is the Corey <laughs> Davis week. I'm ready." <laughs> and it never happened. And every week I'd play him on DraftKings for thirty six hundred dollars, and he'd get like you know two catches for twenty five yards, and it just I wound up hating Corey Davis. And I got to tell you, he's one of those guys that psychologically, when I look at him in a draft, I feel, I still feel getting burned. <laughs> Last year, but new year, new offensive coordinator, different offense, and certainly a terrific pedigree and lots of talent. What do you think is going to happen with Corey Davis?
2: Yeah, and you really hit the nail on the head on a number of points there. I think his draft discount, which I call it a discount for a player in his situation, it's a great discount. Because everybody was burned by him last year, and people have that recency bias, and sometimes you think of recency bias only about players who did well, and a lot of times we ignore how it works negatively. And in, in Davis's case, case in point here. So yes, the hamstring was such a big issue, and I think the lost reps that he had in training camp and early in the season. I think that had much to do with why he didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And also, as you said, the coaching was not conducive to a high-volume passing attack. And they clearly want to throw the ball more this year. And he profiles as an alpha receiver, one who would command targets due to his catch radius and his ability to run routes short to intermediate areas of the field. So I think he's going to be a target magnet. Regardless of who's covering him defensively, and so yes, I see this as a true breakout season for a guy that was picked at the very top of last year's draft. All right,
1: um, now would you take him? I said there were differences at MFL, He's he's around fifty.
2: Would you take him there? I would like an earlier address, and I've gotten him, gotten him around sixty. Okay, fifty. There probably will be better options on the board at that point, and that's where I would probably go with a Fitz or a Demarius because they're higher floor. But when Davis gets the sixty, depending which players are there with him, it's a little difficult to pass on that type of upside at that point. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm actually looking at the um, on MFL, Davis is fifty, Fitz is fifty seven, Demarius is sixty. And your pal Sammy Watkins is sixty two.
2: Yeah, so. I know, and that's what gets difficult in drafts. You can only take one of them in that draft slot because it's not you're not going to get them when they come back around. So, um, a mix and match with different. I try to you say spread my um. Oh, I can't think of the word I'm using now. Anyway, I don't want the same guys on all my teams. So you're your bets, I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll rotate Got which it. ones I take in those spots. All right, fantasy football fans, listen up. I know you're listening
1: already, but if you love fantasy football, then you need to be playing best on my favorite app, Draft here's how you do it it's season you pick teams it's season long season long but with no management just set it and forget it once you're done drafting that's it no trades no waiver wire you don't even have to set your lineup your best players get automatically selected and you will get the best score every week guaranteed never worry about injuries or last minute benchings again um, you can draft a team anytime you want leagues start every couple of minutes you can join one right now the best part play for cash Leagues start from just $3, so there's a league for everyone. And this year, they're running a $1 million best ball tournament. That's a pretty good deal. Just enter the best ball championship, draft the best team, and you can win a piece of a million dollars in prizes. There's no salary caps. you play in a snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come join me on Draft today. You can download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want to do. For a limited time, all new players get free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use my promo code. Ready? It's WIRE. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code WIRE on your first deposit on draft. So search Draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and come play for, for free with promo code WIRE. Again, that's promo code WIRE. Check out the Draft app and play now. All right, a few more. Demarius's teammate, Emmanuel Sanders, um, Different kind of receiver. What did Peyton Manning say a couple
2: years ago? If, if if I overthrow that guy, I know I threw the ball pretty well. Or something like that. Because he's so I, fast. I remember that somewhat, but I don't remember the quote. But I do know what you're talking about. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. What do I got here?
1: Hang on. Oh, MFL. Geez, he's going out of the top 100. What yes. in the world? Yes. He's going 7.09 in fantasy football calculator. But... He's going 136 at MFL, 136 for Emmanuel Sanders, folks. There's some home run potential there. In and in a best ball, back to that draft, best ball, uh, I'm kind of liking Emmanuel Sanders in a best ball at 136.
2: Oh, for sure you are. Yeah. Um, he was injured last year. He had a high ankle sprain and then he ended up coming back, and he clearly wasn't himself. And so his numbers were really depressed last year. And, again, recency bias is going to be like, well, maybe this guy's getting a little long and the tooth not quite what he was. He was coming off a three straight thousand-yard seasons, averaging about seven touchdowns. And But the injury was the only concern last year. And even with Cortland Sutland being drafted by the team, I think Sanders sees a ton of slot work, which is better for him. He's an outstanding slot receiver, and he's great on the outside as well. So, but he'll be a full time player, and again with the quarterback upgrade to Keenum, like we said before, he's not Trevor Simeon and he's not Paxton Lynch. So Sanders should be money at his draft position. Even if you reached around earlier for him, no problem there. Very solid professional player. All right. Um, so can can both guys get a thousand yards? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they they really don't have an established tight end. And that that's a big deal. Team's going to throw an average passing team's going to throw for 4000 yards these days. And both of these guys aren't going to go so crazy over 1000 yards that they're killing them. The pie of the passing yardage. So, yeah, to both hit 1,000 yards, yeah. And they've done that. They've done that in the past. Last year, obviously, they didn't because of the quarterback and the injuries. But they've done that in the previous three years together, 1,000 yards each. Yeah,
1: and, and you talk about Ty Hay. Hey, I took Jake Butt in my Scott Fishbowl team. So, you know. It's a good late pick. It is. Um, I like that one. And speaking of Scott Fishbowl, the next two guys are on my Scott Fishbowl roster that we want to talk nice. about. Nice. The first is Devontae Parker. Um, Devontae Parker, fantasy football calculator, is going in the middle of the ninth round in, um, on MFL. He is going number 80, which is seventh um, potential. Last year was supposed to be the Devontae Parker breakout. This time last year, everybody loved Devontae Parker, and it just didn't happen, and the quarterback issue certainly played into that. Tannehill's back. Jarvis Landry's targets are there for the taking for someone, perhaps Danny Amendola,
2: perhaps Kenny Stills, um, perhaps Devontae Parker. What do you think is going to happen there? Okay, so I was on the train last year as well, and now most people are off, obviously, as ADP proves that. The post-hype sleeper, there it is. Yes. Before he hurt his ankle in week four, and it was a significant ankle injury, the three games he played, weeks one through three, he was on pace for 1,200 yards and five touchdowns. Looked great. He was the guy that people expected. Wasn't putting up crazy gaudy numbers, but who won't take 1,205 touchdowns, right? Right. Once the ankle went down and Jay Cutler was, you know, obviously the quarterback and as time extends, not so good. Um, So, yeah, his season went down the toilet. But apparently word is that he really set his mind right to training this year, trained really, really hard. The coaching staff was really impressed to see an improved work ethic by him, but he was on a pace for a good season. He was. The injury killed him. So I think, I think he gets another chance this year, and I'm, I'm taking him in most of my rosters. He's on a number of them right now.
1: For first three games last year, he had 27 targets, 18 catches, and he was averaging, it looks like, about, I'm just going
2: to estimate, 75, 76 yards a game. So yep. Yeah. That's pretty strong. Guys, um, something in the 80s, something like 79, then he had something in the 60s. Those three those were his first three games. It's
1: funny, I think one of the things last year was when, when Tannehill got hurt and they signed Cutler, I,
2: I think the, the prevailing wisdom seemed to be that Cutler would be a good fit for him. Yes, because of the downfield throwing that Cutler had done. And in the preseason, they dialed up. They, they connected on one long touchdown, and they just missed on another. Um, and so, yes, and I was one that was um, – advocating that as well. But then once Cutler got shell shocked and Parker's ankle was keeping it from getting downfield, it just wasn't gonna work. All right. Um okay. The next
1: guy and I, I like this to discuss this guy. And he will I will say that he's probably people are gonna hear this name and go, oh so I'm gonna hear another fantasy two fantasy analysts talk about this guy. I've been hearing <laughs> his name all summer. George Kittle. He's uh, 11.04 at Fantasy Football Calculator. He appears to be in the 11th round as well. Um, Let's say mid 11th for uh, MFL. You know, I I like the part, I think part of the reason I like it, again, he's on my Scott Fishball team. He was my first tight end pick because I just kept, I did the waiting game on tight end, and every time I was gonna grab someone, they disappeared. So I said, forget it, I'll wait and I'll try to get him, and I did. Um, I don't like the weapons. I keep saying that I'm down on Garoppolo because I don't like the weapons in San Francisco. I look and I go, you know, Garcon and, and, uh, Goodwin and, you know, Pettis and the, so, and like Kittle, Kittle's the logical, you know, kind of guy
2: to break out a bit here, isn't he? And he was one of those spark freaks. He put these crazy numbers up from an athleticism standpoint. So he may be their, their best athlete at any of the receiver positions. Weird as that would sound, that sounds pretty cool. So yeah, in the last three games last year, he did produce. He put up 194 yards. He got in the end zone once, but um, he averaged five targets a game. So I mean, you know, you want to extrapolate everything out, but he is on a, you know, he's young, and so he still has his best ahead of him, and really Garoppolo could too. And 194 yards in three games—that's the thousand-yard pace. And not that he'd get a thousand, but that as a tight end position goes. And where you get, you're you getting him, even if he got 800 yards. Yeah, pretty sure I strong. mean, that would be an outstanding
1: season. And he, he's the type of guy who you he can be, I think, he can be your tight end one, and you're okay. Agreed. If you missed out on the top, you know, four, let's say. Right. Because I'm, I'm not in the Jimmy Graham camp. Nor um, am I. And he can't run anymore. I mean, the top four should be strong, and I know there's a gap between three and four. Um, yes. Probably, but you know if i get you know if i miss Kyle Rudolph and Delaney Walker or you know I'm, I'm you know the Trey Burton thing i'm i'm not upset at all if i get George Kittle instead of those guys with a cheaper
2: i'm loading price. up on running backs and receivers in my draft and i'm getting either Kittle Vance McDonald or both of them Vance McDonald's he's a, he's a popular late round type i feel like and and you know, he's another outstanding spark athlete. And later in the season, I think it was in the playoffs, you know, when he was finally healthy, he was really looking good. And Ben Roethlisberger's always enjoyed throwing the ball to the tight end position. Yep. All right, next guy up, another uh, fantasy
1: analyst darling type, uh, Kenny Galladay. I think my favorite, um, my my favorite nickname, uh, JJ Zacharyson from NumberFire calls him Babytron. He created, he, <laughs> he came up with Baby Tron. I like that one a lot. Um, I like and it I, too. And I always need to give, as I say, JJ is one of the Charlotte Fantasy Football Mafia, so I have to give him credit um, whenever I bring that one up. But um, Kenny Galladay, we talked, I think it might have been when you and I talked last month. We talked about Galladay's impact on Marvin Jones. That yes. when, I think when Galladay was on the field, Marvin Jones' target numbers dropped precipitously. Like it they was, did. It's a pretty stark thing. Like when when Galladay wasn't around, Marvin Jones, you're like, yeah, Marvin Jones, awesome. And when Galladay was out there, it was yeah, Marvin Jones is kind of sort of okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, so ADP wise, he's going in twelfth round at fantasy football calculator, and he's just off the. All right, I'm. I got one fifty up, and he's not there on MFL, so he's going really late. Um, yes. Do Do you think with so new Head coach, but same offensive coordinator. With if everybody's healthy, you got Marvin, you got Golden Tate, and you got Kenny Galladay on the field. Is there room for Kenny Galladay to do well?
2: And this is what I've discovered since the last time we talked. I looked a lot more into the Lions situation. Jim Bob Cooter, their offensive coordinator. He has one of the highest use rates of 11 personnel in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And the problem for Galladay was he had come back from an injury. So T.J. Jones was splitting into some of Galladay's snaps. Well, last few games, Galladay's snaps started to get up. He was averaging close to 55 snaps, but he'll be a full-time player this year. And they, I think I want to say they ran 11 personnel on 70%, and don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it was 70% of their snaps. Mm-hmm. And so Galladay's going to be on the field full-time. So when I noticed that, and the way Stafford can get the ball downfield, Stafford had an outstanding deep ball rate as well, um, completion rate. But yes, there's room for all three, but Galladay honestly is the most explosive of the three. In my my opinion, mm-hmm. and I could see him completely breaking out because defenses they're going to have to deal with three really good receivers, and it's going to be very difficult for him to clamp down on one full time. And Stafford's smart enough to realize when one of his receivers, at like Galladay, has an advantageous matchup, and he'll attack it. Okay. So I see, I, I yeah, and I see them having a big, big passing season in Detroit, even with the addition of on Johnson at running back. All right, and, and Galladay's a good. He's a good best ball type. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, late, you know, big ends on target, all that stuff. And he had 17 yards per reception last year. Um, and again, coming off of injury too, that was a pretty impressive number to start out. Yep. All right. Um, next
1: guy, last guy on your list. This is another one. He was more of a, I, I, I joked about Devonte Parker being very popular last year. This guy was, I think his popularity was the year before, and it had a lot to do with, you know, Separation rates and things like that, mm-hmm. and it was Tyler Lockett. Yes, um, yeah, I think it was after his rookie year. I want to say that people kind of said, "Hey, there's a lot here. There's a lot to like," and it just kind of hasn't panned out yet. Um, Paul Richardson's gone from Seattle. Um, they're gonna. They they seem to be committed to a running game, but we've heard this before, and I don't know if they're <laughs> capable of having a good running game with the um with the offensive line do do you think so tyler lock i mean 13th round i'm looking at here finished football calculator he certainly he's not getting drafted in some leagues right he's
2: one of your is he one of your late round dart types he is and let's paint a little picture here so seattle up until not last year but the previous year they had a really good defense and so Mm -hmm. when tyler lockett's breaking in they're not that crazy of a pass heavy team they're they're balancing it. They're running. They have some leads and things like that. Well, last year, now their defense starts to go into free fall, and they're going to have to throw. The problem was Lockett, in the last game of 2016, had a nasty broken leg. Yep. He was not anywhere close to himself last year, yet he played all 16 games. Um, Pete Carroll, and I know he paints the great picture for everybody, but he was specifically talking about Lockett's health and saying that it's clear that his explosion returned to him, that the limitations of 2016 are are beyond him. So now I think after you painted that picture, the perfect storm's in place. Seattle is not going to be a good defensive team. They're going to have to throw the ball. And Russell Wilson, who better at scrambling around the pocket and buying (laughs) time? And as he does that, Lockett getting downfield for some of those crazy long completions that Wilson will throw when he's under duress. To me, this is a match made in heaven. All right. Um, so Tyler, could, could he be your, I mean, the tight
1: end change. So could he be your number two receiver in Seattle?
2: Well, I, he's beginning the season that way. Yeah. And with, with his ability to make plays from what we saw his rookie in a second year, before the broken leg. Yes, um, he should be. And I, I mean, he was a big breakout candidate. Yeah. And it just didn't happen yet. But I think the situation is now more positive toward that. And this could be the one that everybody missed out on. And people can gain from that by taking him in the 13th round of the draft.
1: All right, folks, Auto New Fantasy Football's next is the next level fantasy football challenge you've been looking for. Experience year-round dynasty competition with deep rosters. Accumulate college player prospects to lead your team in the future or to move for a superstar in the trade deadline. Auto new Fantasy Football never sleeps with year-round trades and off-season arbitration. Learn more about why everyone plays Ottenew because everyone... Be, be, ah, I got tongue-tied. Learn more about why everyone who plays Ottenew becomes addicted at OttenewFootball.com. That's O-T-T-O-N-E-U. Auto new better fantasy football. All right. So now I've got some guys I want to talk about because all the guys I I would say that you the guys we've talked about so far, 10 guys, you see them as values where they're being drafted generally
2: with the exception of Amari Cooper. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, My guys, you brought this guy up earlier when we referenced a safe receiver versus an upside receiver and it's Mike Evans. Uh, fantasy football calculator. He's going at the top of the third round. MFL. I've got him at 17 overall. And there's one guy I want to talk about that I, you know, there's the guy behind him. It drives me crazy that he's there. Um, what's your take on Mike Evans?
2: So I was one in the camp who was willing to take him seventh in last year's draft. Mm-hmm. No issue with that. And and this isn't recency bias, but they're collecting a good group of receivers there. Chris Godwin, and I know Deshaun Jackson didn't quite settle in there well, but but he's still there, and O.J. Howard, and they got Cam Brate. And Evans, in his earliest career, was seeing such a high rate of the targets. It was lending him to having big numbers. But I don't know that they're going to lean on him so heavily where he's getting those ridiculous 14 and 17 target games that he'd occasionally get in the past. Mm-hmm. And to me, he's a volume-based guy. And is, if he isn't going to get that volume, I, I don't know if I want to pay that draft capital for him.
1: Is Mike Evans more... I mean, you talked about the volume, and he's got tons. I mean, the first couple of years, he had, he had a lot. Is he more an opportunity guy than an ability guy?
2: Boy, I don't want to say that, because, I mean, he he seems so darn talented. I mean, he can go over people, he can beat a defense deep. And I don't know if it's been the quarterback play, but he just doesn't seem to have the consistency that I'd expect out of an elite wide receiver. And so maybe it's, maybe it's that he doesn't, maybe isn't quite the elite guy we thought he was.
1: Right. Maybe. I I think you might be right. And that's what the, and the guy I I was, Talking about going behind him, I'm looking at the NFL. Devontae, he's 17. Devontae Adams, 18. And I'm like, I, I can't fathom taking Mike Evans ahead of Devontae Adams right now.
2: No, There's no, no especially
1: with Aaron Rodgers throwing the football, right? And no, Jordy. I mean, my Devontae. You know, and we keep. I mean, Devontae one of the Adams is one of those guys that over the course of this summer, I know we're going to talk about a lot, and people are going to get sick of me talking about it. <laughs> but everybody comes on know. here I talk to, we go, oh, well, of course, Devontae Adams, huge year coming. Big. Big. Big touchdowns everywhere.
2: So, what amazed me about Devontae Adams last year and his connection with Rodgers, where there were a couple of plays in particular where he was heavily guarded in the end zone, and Rodgers threw a pair of ridiculous passes. One was on the opposite side hip. Of Adams and the other one was uh, toward the shoulder but they were just ridiculous passes but it showed that the chemistry between those two was crazy because they both knew what they wanted to do and as tightly covered as Adams was it didn't matter Adams was making that catch and Rodgers was just going to laser the ball in there and when you have Aaron Rodgers trust to that degree Mm -hmm. you're gold yeah you are um.
1: Yeah, that's good. That Devontae Adams. That's, so my, my. I, I, I've settled to the point where m- my dream second round pick is probably Devontae
2: Adams. In well, so many. I hope many you get formats. quite a few shares of him. That, that that'd be a great thing, right? Actually, in in the
1: in the did I did I pass on him in in fishbowl? Because I know I took. Who did I take here? Hold on. Oh, I took Keenan Allen because it was what's well, a half PPR. Um, I think Adams was gone for some reason.
2: Anyway. You get the point for half point for a first down, too, right? Yeah, right. Bowl. And so Allen's pretty good in that. Um, next guy
1: oh, is an interesting one Mark Ingram, who's suspended for the first four games. He is, fantasy football calculators, top of the fifth round, which is pretty steep. Um, MFL, I've got him at 85, which is, you know, the six, seven turn. So you're going to miss out on him which for a while, which is not so great. Once he's back, Mark Ingram's a good runner. He's a good, he can catch the ball. I know Kamara's there, but Kamara was there last year and they found a way to make it work with both. I mean, they had a t- fantastic running game because they had these two really good backs. And, and Kamara is the one who gets all the attention. And I've talked about already how I'm kind of out on Kamara because I just don't like the, because of Ingram, I don't like Kamara in the middle of the first round. I think he's a terrific player. I won't be drafting him in most cases. Ingram, if you can get him in the 6th, 7th round and kind of
2: bury him for you know, the first month, that's I think that's going to pay off really well. I definitely see that possibility, and it's a good case to make. There are a couple things that give me pause. The first thing is that during weeks 15 and 16 last year, there was a clear transition between Camara and Ingram. Okay. Kamara had his two highest use rates of the season. It was like 17 and 18 touches when he'd only been getting like 12 to 13. And it, the team was making a clear move toward Kamara at that point. And so, and those touches were at the expense of Ingram, who saw his touches drop. The next thing that worries me is this Willie Sneed was a pretty darn productive player for them in 2016. He got suspended he hardly saw the field when he came back. And it's not like the Saints had great secondary receivers. Sneed was clearly one of their better receivers. And it was like they had no tolerance for somebody that wasn't going to be there for them. And they banished Willie Sneed. Well, now Ingram's in a contract year. And I'm very concerned that Sean Payton is going to be happy enough with his running game and say, we can win without you, and just kind of let him fade into free agency. All right. That's uh, my concern, and I might be wrong. Yeah, I, I'm a big Ingram fan, but you're right. I mean, late in the year, you could see, I'm looking
1: at the snap count for Ingram, and from week 13 on, I'm going to do it right here. Good, good. 36, 42, 41, 32, 33, 27, 27 in the last two were playoff games. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I it, may, it maybe it depends on where the pick where he gets drafted. But yeah, I, I just I still think that if Ingram's going to get twelve touches a game, I I don't think I want. It, and that's if and you're yeah, and you're skeptical if that's going to happen. But that's yeah, like where I said, Blake really Steed was really
2: productive for them the previous year, yeah, and for was. him just to be faded out like that, that blew me away. Yep. All right, the next one. So. Uh,
1: Deshaun Watson fans are everywhere. <laughs> they are. Um, and last year, he, you know, it wasn't just the running. He, he threw the ball. I mean, tons of touchdowns, threw the ball deep. And throwing the ball deep, I mean, hey, you've got, you got DeAndre Hopkins, but he can't catch everything. Will Fuller played pretty darn well with uh, Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller, finished football calculator, end of the fifth round, and on MFL, I've got him early seventh. I'm I'm not a I'm not a Will Fuller guy. I I tend to. I mean, maybe it's different if you're doing DFS, but I find sure. myself you know Deshaun Jackson's a guy that comes to mind here, the guy who is the the home run hitter types. I just tend to shy away from because I go, you know, I might get a huge week, but then next week I might get one for fourteen, right? And I'm just it it just doesn't do it for me. And last year, if you look at what Fuller did, I mean, the the targets kind of they were okay for a couple of weeks. He, he had th- three games with over six targets, and I you know I just for me the volume's not there even in the middle rounds. I'm just maybe in a best ball, but generally I am season long. He's not the type of guy I like. And five and an 11th pick of the fifth round made me
2: look and go, wow, that's aggressive. La- I, we may have talked in our last podcast about this, but I really saw a lot of similarities between Deshaun Watson's four-game sample size, when they let it, turned him loose, to Rob, um, RG3's performance in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And what I found when I was watching those games was that often receivers were wide open downfield. With like I mean, nobody near them. And Fuller was a recipient of some touchdowns with nobody near him. And it was like one of those things where defenses were so caught off guard by the offensive system that was being used. And then all of a sudden, remember what happened to RG3, where they figured out what he wanted to do, and they took that away and never made the adjustment. And, and, you, and I know you know this, Deshaun Watson has one of the weakest arms in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's running wide open downfield, down you can make that throw every time. Right. But if this gets figured out at all, and everybody knows Fuller's fast anyway to start, but I don't think he has anywhere near the success rate. I was listening to a podcast, I believe, yesterday or the day before, and so this isn't my number, but somebody had said at one point Fuller saw 13 passes and seven of them were touchdowns. (laughs) Talk about unsustainable, right? Wow. Yep, absolutely. Even Um, if they don't figure him out, that's
1: not sustainable. Yeah, I'm not. I'm out. Um, Even in the seventh round, I think I'm out. Correct. All right, two more guys. Um, we're at 45-ish minutes, so let's get them quick. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I'm looking – I'm seeing seventh round for Tevin
2: Coleman. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a sidekick, right? He is a sidekick, yes, in the short end of the – yeah, exactly. Like I said, sidekick. He's not like a co-number one. No, and there's no – I mean,
1: hang on. I'm seeing where he is in MFL – 70th pick yeah so late sixth early seventh I mean I know that's not an expensive thing but uh, you know my 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 upside there requires injury
2: doesn't yes it? yes it almost reminds me of people taking Derek Henry when DeMarco Murray was there investing a sixth round pick or so yeah. maybe even fifth in Henry thinking well if Murray gets hurt I got a jackpot well yeah good luck right all right so we're both out Although he – and Coleman, when he's on the field, is effective. He's been over four yards a carry each year. But like you said, there's not enough touches there. And if he gets a full-time role and the defense is use, treating him as number one running back, does his efficiency go down at that point? Um, yes, probably.
1: And yeah, I would think. But even last year, last year, he was in the games that he did play when Freeman was out. He did fine. Yes. He scored touchdowns. That's the thing because yes. that offense
2: is, you, will probably be pretty good. You know, and we've seen this over years. Change of pace, guys, for limited periods of time, do really well. Yep. Even like you said, for a game or two with injury. But if it's, it becomes an established starter, then all of a sudden we find out what the guy is really about. Right. Okay. Last guy,
1: and this guy's interesting, and he actually relates to a conversation, the previous conversation we had. When when we talked a month ago, we talked about Sammy Watkins, and. You talked about watching the tape and saying Sammy Watkins was open all the time. Yes. They just didn't throw to his side of the field. And, and I've had this, the subsequent conversation as to how that relates to Brandon Cooks, and a lot of people are afraid that the same fate will befall Brandon Cooks. With that said, forgetting those two guys for now, the beneficiary there other than Todd Gurley was Robert Woods. He was a pretty solid receiver, and he's there again – and his ADP, I mean, he's going ninth round on Fantasy Football Calculator. He's going the 7-8 turn-ish on MFL. I mean, the numbers weren't huge last year. In 12 games, 56 for 781 and 5. But over, you know, full, if he plays the full season, that's a 1,000-yard that's a season right there. Oh,
2: it is. It is. At ninth round draft cost? Yeah. I mean, he's going to get the ball again, right? A- absolutely. I mean, I thought... He was a good player in Buffalo. And whenever E.J. Manuel was in a quarterback, Woods always had a good game. But for whatever reason, he and Tyrod Taylor never really got on the same page. But I thought Woods was a good enough route runner to be a successful player, and he proved that very quickly with the Rams.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're... I had
2: drafted Woods in some early drafts, and then they got Watkins. What was it a week before the season? And then once they did that, I backed off on Woods, and I had dropped him in a lot of places thinking that Watkins would – command the target share not realizing what would end up happening but um woods ended up being the guy i thought he would be last year all right yeah i um
1: I, I like this as as a pick in you know seventh round or so he is
2: the perfect wide receiver three perfect absolutely yes and think about this the rams are going to be an amazing defense they adding indama kung su and they add um Tlaib and peters at, at the corners they're going to be holding teams down on the scoreboard, and so Woods with the shorter passes, they're not going to need to take all these deep shots. And so, which would be Cooks, Woods is going to continue to be the possession guy. Him and Cooper Cup, and yep. they're going to continue to move the ball with these guys and Gurley on the ground. And um, so, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's a steal pick. Yeah, at that, that point of the
1: draft. And boy, the Rams, boy, is that is that the that is there a bigger Super Bowl or bust team than that? Oh, you're right about that. I mean, it, it is all, they are all in. I mean, that defense, they signed everybody. I mean, they, they're at the point where I don't know enough about their cap to know if they can sign Aaron Donald now that they've paid Todd Gurley. I'm sure they could, but, you know, at at some point, I mean, and they're paying – Gurley doesn't fit the Super Bowl bus because he's there already. But, um, man, I mean, you know, like you said, Sue and Tlaib and Peters and, you know, they brought in Cooks and they paid
2: him. And, man. They, well, the – the good news for them is that Wentz is on his rookie deal yeah. and teams have a lot of, of cap flexibility when your quarterbacks on that rookie deal. Off oh, right. Yep. Yeah, it's uh that's that's interesting.
1: Giants are you listening? The quarterback on the rookie deal, wouldn't that have been nice? <laughs> are you listening? <laughs> I don't know how they didn't do that. I I don't want to talk about it. Listeners to our podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Jim, um, you are... Um, cranking away at work? What are you going
2: to be up to in the near future? Yeah, so um, for subscribers of RotoWire on Fridays, they put out an IDP article every week. But for anybody out there who's listening, every Wednesday I do a training camp blog, kind of go over the events of the day and fantasy impact of those. And, um, again, our blog, we have a, a daily fa- um, training camp blog, which is free to anybody. So go ahead get on over to RotoWire and check that out. Uh, but that'll be the primary focus right now, and then some other things that Rotowire graces me to throw on my plate would be awesome as it comes about. All
1: right, again, and uh, Jim is at Jim Cov Football, Jim C O V Football on Twitter. I'm actually helping 37. A man, this was a lot of fun as always. Let's do it again soon, okay?
2: I look forward to it. Have a great
1: day. All right, you too. Everybody, if you like the podcast, please leave us a review and a rating, um, just like always. Uh, thanks for listening to this edition of the Road to Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Draft.com. We'll be back on Monday with another episode for more next week. You don't want to miss them as training camp gets moving. So come on back then. For Jim Coventry, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.